0: Welcome back, everyone. You're watching We Heart Therapy. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Certified EFT Supervisor and Therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And some of you might know me as Dr. Bell, and uh, I have a series EFT Talk. And I'm super, super excited to be bringing back to our podcast is Dr. Sue Johnson. She is a pioneer and an incredible woman who founded the model of emotionally focused therapy. She's written many books. She's created this fabulous model of counseling that is well-researched and has earned the gold standard of couples counseling. And we're welcoming her back. So if if you've been watching my channel, you might have seen our interview from a few years ago where we discussed why we would want to use emotionally focused therapy as our model for couples counseling. And as we've learned over the years that EFT is perfect, not just for couples counseling, but for families and individuals as well. And a lot of folks didn't know that they can use emotionally focused therapy for their individual clients. And so that's what we're going to be talking today. And we're going to be talking to Sue directly about the use of emotionally focused therapy and how it's been adapted to work with one person in the room as opposed to two. And uh, so let's just welcome back, Dr. Sue Johnson. Sue, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Most, most welcome. I'm delighted to be here.
0: So. Do you want to kind of tell everyone a little bit more, like a brief, um, maybe intro about emotionally focused therapy and the research up to this point, what's earned it the gold standard?
1: Oh, well, um, for over 30 years, I and my colleagues have um, research, created and researched um, this very specific particular way of helping couples create not just better relationships or, you know, more friendly relationships or relationships less fraught with with conflict, but helping them build secure loving bonds, which is what as human beings we all long for. It's wired into our nervous system. We're wired for connection. This is what we're we're built to look for, to seek, to hold on to. There are; it's our those bonds are our biggest resource in life. So um, we've sort of been obsessed for the last thirty-five years of, um, you know, understanding those bonds, understanding what makes a good relationship, understand cracking the code of love, if you like. Um, and we've plugged into the work of John Bowlby, who started all this in the nineteen fifties who looked at the bonds between mothers and infants. And um, it wasn't really until the beginning of this century that you were sort of allowed to talk about um, bonds between adults, you know, this was all about mothers and infants. And then um, social psychologists and neuroscientists and clinicians like me started to realize that, wait a minute, um, John Bowlby said that our need for bonds and our desire to bond goes from the cradle to the grave you know, this doesn't end when you're 12 years old and you become a bit more independent. This need for this safe, intimate connection lasts through your whole life. Let's look at it in adults. And um, we started working with couples in the 1980s and working with emotion and working with helping people talk about their deeper needs and feelings in a way that pulled their partner towards them um, in a way, our clients taught us to do that. We, we sat in the room and we listened to our clients and, and EFT comes from observing hundreds of couples get stuck, fight, get caught in distance and disconnection, and then observing how to help them move towards each other, help each other feel safe and reach for each other and create these deep bonding conversations. Um, and so, you know, we've not only we learned from our couples, we now teach it all over the world. We have um, affiliated organizations, 90 affiliated, 91, actually, they keep going up. 91 affiliated organizations all over the world where therapists come together to learn this model of helping couples. And um I wrote a book for couples called Hold Me Tight, which is. I don't know how old 10 years old now and it's still selling like crazy. We and started all kinds of programs for hold me tight to teach to tech for couples to do these bonding conversations in their own lives. And all through this time um we've also continued to research everything about this intervention um everything about its outcome we have over 20 positive outcome studies. We I think we're the only couples intervention that has a positive follow-up studies where the change we can show the changes we make last yes they do because once you learn how to have a bonding conversation with your loved one and you both feel safe and precious to each other you don't forget how to do that (laughs) you it's it's your brain just holds on to it so we have good follow-up and we've done research on how having these bonded conversations changes your brain changes how you respond to threat in a, in a in a video you know in a brain scan um we've done research on the process of change exactly how you change relationships so you know at this point i think it really is fair to say that from a research point of view um, um the last 35 years puts us as the gold standard of couples therapy. Um, we know how to create these corrective emotional experiences for couples. We know how to go to the heart of the matter. We know, we're on target. We know how to make a difference. Um, and we train therapists all over the world. So EFT at the moment is... Very well established as a couples therapy. We have an online hold me tight. Um, I always forget. What is it? Um www dot. Um, uh, what is it? Hold me tight online. Hold me tight online. People can. The video is getting a little old now. We, we need new couples to come in. The, the clothes look a little bit dated. But basically, it's still really a good program. It's used by the US military, by the Canadian military. It is a program by the big hospital in Canada's capital for cardiac couples. And there's still a huge research project going on there to show that it works, not just for couples to be happier and closer, but it works because when you're in a good relationship, you do other things like take care of your health, go to the gym. You're not stressed out of your mind. You remember to take your heart pills. You, mm-hmm. so, um, it's going to impact their physical health. And so it's alive and kicking and doing well. Um, So many
0: good aspects of EFT. And I just want to catch right in this place. um, So some of the really amazing things that you're saying, Sue, and, and basically, I also want to highlight what sets EFT and the research on EFT apart, as the gold standard from other models that are evidence based, is that some of the other evidence models have researched distress and and come up with a a perceived solution to that problem but not actually tested their solution to see if it does what it says it's supposed to do whereas eft has
1: oh evidence-based is a funny phrase it's thrown around all over the place i don't know what it means anymore (laughs) Uh, but you're right uh for us what it means is well i tell you for me what it means is as a as a a scientist practitioner, first of all, if you want me to believe what you say, you have to show it to me in a tape. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to stand up and talk about it, that's like talking to me about Snow White and the seven dwarves, as far as I'm concerned. If you can't show, if you don't show what you do, basically, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you have to show for me that this thing that you do, that you can do a proper, rigorous research study and show me that it has actual impact it rather than just time or something and if you're not willing to do that then personally i think it's naughty
0: Mm -hmm. to say that
1: you're evidence-based because that phrase doesn't mean anything and the general public think when i say evidence-based that it means i've got studies that's not true it's true for us Mm -hmm. and we're very proud of it and um
0: it's well researched we've actually researched EFT it's researched everything
1: we've even researched whether our trainings make any difference to therapists
0: right right so we have on all levels you know we've actually researched not just couples distress but we've researched the model so you developed emotionally focused therapy and then applied it and then we studied the interventions and its uses and discovered whether or not the model actually met its goals and its targets and helping to be able to create lasting change and found that it has, which is what sets EFT apart. We actually know that our model works and how it works and why it works, because you've researched the heck out of it.
1: That's right. And I think what's one of the studies that I'm most proud of, and that leads into where EFT is now, and maybe what we're going to talk about, which is using EFT for individuals who are depressed, anxious or have PTSD. Um, One of the studies we did was we looked at, we took distressed and insecurely attached couples, couples who said things like, no, I don't trust my partner. No, I don't confide in my partner. No, my partner isn't there for me. No, I I don't know how to reach for my partner or I'd never do that. Or if I reached for my partner, he wouldn't be there. She wouldn't be there. Um, We took these insecure couples um, who weren't just fighting, but were feeling emotionally isolated, right, which is very, very painful for human beings. We're built for relationships. And we showed that when we had these bonding conversations, we could create secure, more secure attachment, which means that we could create this deep sense of bonding that has been shown in thousands of studies on attachment over the years, literally thousands all over the world, this deep sense of safe connection with another human being and bonding that allows us to thrive and that allows us to know who we are, trust other people, um, that we could create this, this sense of security. And this is an individual variable, right? We looked at couples. We looked at how they interact. Your interactions change. Your brain changes. We looked but at couples are, after all, made up of two individuals. Right? Exactly, but in this study, we actually looked at individuals' inner sense of deep connection and trust, and um, whether they could rely on this person and reach, whether they could trust this other person with their vulnerability mm-hmm. and reach for this person as a resource. And we found that we could, and not only that, but it stayed. And you know, some of these research results they blow my mind i believe in them before we start to do the study but i'm always prepared to be proved wrong and they blow my mind when they come out exactly as we expect this is totally rewarding but then i don't know how to stand up in the world and say hey everybody this is really huge do you understand what happened to it but but basically because we had such impact on individuals sense of security with themselves and with other people, which we know again from thousands of studies, this sense of inner safety and security impacts your mental health, your physical health, your resilience. Mm-hmm. It, it's um, um you know it it protects you from depression, from anxiety, from that's attachment, attachment
0: science 101.
1: That's attachment science 101. So I became after that study, I became more and more focused on hmm, hmm, you know what? We've spent all this time uh, doing a few little things like trying to crack the code of love and trying to, to show people what a good relationship looked like and how to have one. And that's been kind of kept us busy for a while. But hmm, this is really interesting, because all through the years, most of my close colleagues and me, while we've been doing couples and staring at thousands of tapes of couples and doing all this research, we've also been doing individual therapy, mm-hmm. a la EFT. Mm-hmm. And we've been working especially with trauma. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, I know everyone does this and I do that, but we never talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, and look at this these amazing and, – and when I change – one of the wonderful things about changing a relationship is when you change a relationship in this particular kind of way, the partners start to grow each other. Mm-hmm. They start to the, the the interactions become so safe and so holding and so positive that the individuals start to flower and they become less depressed, less anxious, less, they have less PTSD symptoms, they and they become happier with themselves. So I thought, well, you know, it's time that we recognize the fact that we have this impact in couples therapy on individuals. We've all been working with individuals for years time we started talking about EFIT, mm-hmm. Emotionally Focused Individual Therapy. And of course, we have a study going and it's done, but COVID slowed it all down. So
0: let's, of, let's uh, talk a little bit about why that is. And I, and I want to make sure to mention too, that, that in the EFT studies currently, you've also studied EFT with bulimia, PTSD, heart patients. I mean, you've studied the use of EFT across a variety of different client presenting issues and demographics. So we know, you know, and again, it comes back to attachment science 101 is that all that attachment is a universal human need. It's a, it's an existential science. And, you know, you've always said, um, all behavior makes sense when understood through the lens of attachment. So basically, attachment is the science about how we human. And that's why it is applicable. And again, folks, it's not a different model. We're still talking about EFT.
1: We're oh, just, yes, we are. Yeah,
0: we've just adapted it because there are some therapists out there who don't see couples who just work with individuals. So when we say E-fit, we're meaning that the strategies and interventions have been adapted for working with a single person sitting live in your That's room right.
1: opposed to and two. I want to say something about that. The bottom line is, if you believe in attachment science and you see us as social mm-hmm. bonding animals, you never have one person in the room. Exactly. As as Irving Yalom, who's one of my favorite, favorite colleagues, as Irvin Yalom says, I'm going to, I haven't got it right now, but basically he says, he says, um, the job of the therapist is to get to know the cast of characters that every client brings into the room with them when they come in. We all have this cast of characters. I'm very disturbed to still have to tell you at my age that at certain points in time, when certain triggers come up, my English working class, very judgmental mother is alive and well in my right ear. Mm-hmm. And she always says, I'm Amazingly negative things to me. <laughs> okay. And, and somehow my body still responds. I'm, I just can't believe it, but it does. Okay. So when you have one person in the room, they bring in with them the key dramas in their lives, the emotional dramas with other people where they have defined themselves, where other people have defined them. They bring in with them the key dramas where they learn to deal with their emotions. When I feel vulnerable, I must shut down. I must shut it, I must close down, shut people out. Or when I feel vulnerable, I must scream and yell and catastrophize. If if anybody's going to hear me at all, I must, I must scream and yell, right? Or whatever, you know, we learn how to be with ourselves. Mm-hmm. How to see ourselves, how to emote, or how to not see ourselves and not, not, not see ourselves. ourselves and emote in these dramas. And so, your individual clients bring these in with them.
0: So, let's, let's catch folks up. So, while you're talking about our individual clients and the cast of characters, let's do a quick review of Attachment Science 101 as applied to individuals. As you know, you made so many good points. In attachment science 101 we know attachment is not just the science of bonding that's like a a very narrow view it's the science of how we behave and why we behave <clears throat> motivation Emotion, how we learn to regulate or not regulate emotion. And attachment is the lens through which we experience reality, how we learn to see ourselves, so develop our self-esteem. That's and right. how we learn to view others around us, whether we see them as trustworthy, reliable, or having a hidden agenda or not to be trusted. And so all of that. Comes together, though all of those are inextricably tied, which develops again how we feel dictates how we behave. And, you know, so whether we know that people with secure attachment have more ability to regulate their emotions and they're more likely to make good decisions and good behaviors versus those who don't have secure attachment are more likely to be dysregulated and struggle more with the behaviors having problematic behaviors and coping strategies. And we know anxiety, depression, these are all both emotional processes. And and also talk about an interaction process, because we know none of these are made in isolation, right? If, if anxiety is all about worry, I just say anxiety is a highfalutin word for worry. But at the attachment end of it is when there's a bunch of worry, do we feel like it's all up to me? And I don't know. Yes. No one to lean on and rely on or to trust that I could delegate to. And so I have to carry this all um, or depression, which I have an EFT video on pain turned inward. That's not shared outward. I, you know, when you really know attachment, I've never come across a client who was clinically depressed that had positive self-talk again, how we see ourselves that believe they were worthy or lovable, you know, I, I'm hard-pressed to find a client that felt worthy and lovable and, and had depression.
1: <laughs> so um, it's very interesting. Um, one of the, the, one of the clients I'm working with right now that I'm using for teaching EFit. um she would, she has been depressed for years and she uses this label. And indeed, she actually has about six labels now. I, I can't believe it. Uh, her family doctor seems to change his mind every time he see, he sees her. So she has about six labels, all of which don't make any sense to me. And so, but when we actually go into the emotion she feels, when we slow everything down, which we do in EFT with it, whether with couples or families uh, or individuals, when we slow everything down and we unpack the emotion and we go in there with her, it's very interesting because um she doesn't like doing that. She says, I don't feel, it's not my thing. Okay, this is what she says to me at the beginning. I say, oh, I understand, yeah. But anyway, when we slowly, slowly go in and unpack it, when she starts to walk around it because she feels safe with me and I, I've got a map to these emotions so I can help her walk into them and make sense of them, what she comes up with is this depression actually it's sadness and if you look at that sadness for a moment what she comes up with is I'm heartbroken ah that's different from I'm depressed and my doctor says I'll probably always be depressed and that's just the way it is and it's probably my genes and I'm, I'm just a depressive and this is the way I see things and I'm depressed and there's nothing I can do. No, no, no. You're heartbroken. And then we put it in context. Of course she's heartbroken. Her experience growing up in her family until she fled her family at about 20 years old was that she was completely abandoned, totally unseen, totally unsafe, and that she was abused uh, physically and sexually by her brothers and nobody saw it, listened to it, cared about it and even when it became explicit later in her teens and she thought, now! people will respond, now my father will respond. No, because nobody wants to deal with that reality. So it was minimized and dismissed. And so yes, she's terrified to trust other people. She's alone. When she gets depressed, heartbroken, she goes off in her head, she shuts everybody out. She listens to, she looks at all these images, right, of her as a little child. Under the bed, her bed in the dark, waiting for somebody to come for her, right? I mean, she starts to be able to go into these experiences and name this big abstract thing called depression in real concrete terms that makes sense. And when she starts to do that, of course, she starts to change. She starts to, you know, um, talk, start to grieve and i as a attachment oriented therapist validate her needs her vulnerability i validate her courage in surviving at all in trusting me you know and she starts to move and grow and change and and this is you know we still we still use attachment science we still use the map to people's longings and needs and fears that are taken from attachment we still use all the techniques that we've uh, honed over the years working with distressed couples and the two individuals in those mm-hmm. distressed couples, we, it's still the same. The issue is, in some ways, it's a little easier because you don't have a second partner in the room interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> but in other ways...
0: It's harder in other ways. <laughs> well,
1: in, in other ways... Sometimes the second partner can be useful, like saying things like, I do want to be with you. Yeah. However, unfortunately, in distressed couples, sometimes the second partner isn't useful. They say the opposite of what you want them to say. But the point is, the real difference in EFIT is we go into the same dramas in the same emotions. We have the same way of going into and through emotions. The difference is that instead of saying, could you take this? incredible new feeling this you're so brilliant could you take this new formulation that your heart that your heart has been broken and that you haven't been able to grieve that right could you could you take this and could you turn to your partner and say instead of doing that we say could you close your eyes and of course this client says First of all says, I don't want to close my eyes. I'm so, you know, and then because you're right, you she knows she doesn't know what she's going to see, but we get to the point where I say, could you close your eyes? And could you see that little girl? Um, how old is she? She's eight, right? Could you see her under the bed with her back against the wall in the dark, under the bed with her favorite toy, waiting for her brothers to come to her? Could you see her? And at first she says, no, I don't want to see her. No, I can't see her face. And then we get to um, gradually, gradually. Oh, it's too hard. I understand. You don't want to see her. Then we go and then gradually we get to, I can see her. Okay. What would you do if you were there? The adult capable person who sought out therapy, who survived, who's got the courage to talk to Sue. What would you do? And she says, I don't know what I'd say to her. I think I'd just crawl in there in the dark and hold her. I say, good, can you see that please in your, can you see that? And she says, yes, how does that feel? So we go into these key dramas and where so these huge decisions were made who am I? Who is other people? What do I do with my emotion? How do I deal with vulnerability? How do I move through the world? How do I move through the world? I want to wanna, I
0: catch what you're saying, Sue, because this is so good. And and thinking about again, folks who are, you know, thinking, hey, I want to learn EFT. And, you know, maybe I've tried other models, so I'm I'm thinking about shopping EFT and why I want to use EFT again, as we said, and and based on all the applications already, is there's really not a, a presenting problem that EFT cannot help with. We know, we know nothing is 100% fits for everybody. Well, but we it, don't, it,
1: for example, in couples, we used to say, we won't work with you if you're having an active affair with heroin because yeah. it's going to get in the way of, uh, we, we, we can't compete with that. It's going to get in the way of you creating a new relationship with your partner. We won't work with you If you're having an active affair with somebody else, because we can't help your partner feel safe and, and move towards you. We don't know how to do, we can't do that. But every other kind of couple we worked with, we worked with. Yeah. We, and even still, we
0: were we've ended up even adapting those and saying, well, we can only do a up to a certain level of work where we're going to help talk about how this affair with heroin or another partner happened and what blocks you from ending this affair and all those. Yes, things. we can yeah. do
1: that. What yeah, we can't do is take people through to the whole thing. Right. Like, you know, exactly.
0: We- exactly. But EFT again, because attachment is a science about how we human, and I think for folks that that are seeing clients and only one comes in, but they're talking about, you know, relational problems, it seems pretty easy for them to kind of conceptualize. But again, I think because our our educational system has really failed us around teaching about attachment, and they failed to teach us that it's about emotion and behavior also. So folks have clients that come in and have no idea they like lose that conceptualization of seeing a client in context of their social world yes. as well as their behavior. So even if I, I have somebody coming in for career counseling, we also know through the attachment lens, people with secure uh, attachment are more easily able to take risks and explore so I might be looking for blocks like if they want to try for a job that they feel would be amazing but they're not qualified for I'm going to talk about where they learn to not take risks what may hold them back
1: and that's fantastic Annabelle that's exactly what you should do because that's right so you don't just go with the surface of what people say mm-hmm and help them problem solve. They can do that on their own. with their Yeah, kids. and, and if they could, they they'd be reading
0: it in a self-help book. Yeah, we yeah, could go to Google
1: for that. <laughs> they wouldn't like, need but, us. <laughs> but what you look at is the level underneath that, the process that keeps them stuck, the yeah. emotional yeah. process. I think the real issue is um, that as I watched psychology teaching and therapy teaching evolve in my own country in Canada over the years, you know, it seems to me that we've been inundated with information and everyone feels that now they have to understand statistics and ethics and the brain and down to this. But what has slipped through the cracks, mm-hmm. at least in Canada, is there used to be... um I went through it as a graduate student. I remember resenting having to take it, which is really funny because of what I'm going to say now, but you know, it was actually very useful. Um there used to be for the students I used to teach at the University of Ottawa a course that just taught about how to be with your client, how to be with people, how to um connect with them and how to go underneath that surface level into The deeper emotions and look at the whole process instead of getting stuck in the problem. Yeah. There used to be a course on that. It fell through the cracks. It wasn't considered important. Okay. I can't remember what the substitute was, but you know, it was, um, it wasn't. And I was the only one. I remember the meeting, me saying, um, excuse me. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, no. Uh, isn't this the basis for, all the things we do in therapy, people, if we don't know how to help people feel really safe with us and see past their presenting issues and problems, are we wasting our time? Nobody wanted to hear. No, so can no. They take risks. Oh, Sue. No, are No, Sue. You're just... I was always out of step in any organization I've ever been you in. You were just ahead there. of the
0: fold, Sue. They weren't oh, ready for your attitudes at the oh, time. They,
1: they didn't see it that way. I assure <laughs> you, Annabelle, they didn't see well, it
0: Well and Sue, so you inspired my book, my book on relentless empathy. I mean, that was your word that you coined and the whole whole I book love is, that book. Is I about, love that title. Thank you. It's about how to be with clients. It's a whole self of the therapist book. And and my my opinion is that those who struggle who don't like EFTs because they struggle with their own emotions and it's easier to avoid, which, you know, yes, to each their course. own, you know, but I, I, from my experience being a supervisor and a clinician, whether it's clients or suit or uh, clinicians, you know, sometimes folks just don't want to go that deep into their emotions because it brings up what's uncomfortable. And, you know, we, I think society in general is also stoking this as the instant gratification. We just want to move away. We want to band-aid, take the quickest, shortest route. So avoiding... we're
1: We're not very good at, you know, the idea that if somebody comes to see me, I start off from curiosity, like, who are you? And I don't mean who are you? Are you a bank manager? I mean... How yeah. do you live your everyday life? What do you do when you're vulnerable? What mm-hmm. do you do if you feel alone? How do you see other people? How do you do you connect with them? Do you reach for them? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. Like, um, how do you, you know, what's, what are your what are your fears? What are your needs? What are your longings? What are the longings that you still have that you can't even talk? about you john balby says all dysfunction all dysfunction is about frightening alien unacceptable emotions Mm -hmm. and what you do with them what what you learn to do with them which often we do things with them that just keeps us trapped i deny and if i deny them they, they just are waiting for me in the dark. They come up bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. right? Then.
0: We, we may have clients who come in who struggle in relationships, both romantic but friendship, family, even with their boss. And so we may look at where did you learn to not have a voice? How did you learn to shut it down?
1: That's right. So and, we may and, work
0: with that, how to and help and them. And the it.
1: royal road into all that is through emotion. But the point yes.
0: is... Some therapists can't even be curious about themselves in that place in their own emotion.
1: That's I get it that. but you know yeah. what I think about that using relentless empathy yes. is that we as therapists or as as clients will not go into those vulnerable places if we don't have a map to those vulnerable places and know the way out yeah. and if the therapist doesn't have a map and know the way out one of the um, the latest book we put out is just this year was a, a primer in emotionally focused individual therapy with Routledge with my wonderful colleague, Leanne Campbell. We just put that out. It's, it's going very well. But, you know, the woman, um, in that book, very traumatized woman that I use a lot in the book and I lots of transcripts. She's very intelligent woman, chronic, uh, developmental PTSD. She says to me in about session four, she says, You're different. And I said, um, oh, I am. I thought, oh, what's gonna come now, right? And she I thought well, she was gonna say, you've got an English accent, or you know, you're different. I say, oh, okay, okay, what's different? She said, You're not scared of my pain, are you? And I thought, Oh, um, am I? Am I scared? <laughs> and I thought, maybe I am. And I thought, and I said, No. I don't think I am. And she said, well, why aren't you? Right. because every other therapist I've ever seen is. And I said, Oh, um, because wonderful, incredible clients like you over the last 40 years have shown me what that, what that pain's about. And I have a, a, my theory and all the research. I have a map to what that pain's about and all our work over the years convinces me that I know how to be with you in it Mm -hmm. how to guide you through it how to walk through it and I know that we'll come out the other side Mm -hmm. so I'm not scared of it and she cries yeah and I say is that, a, And then, of course, I do EFT. What happens to you when I say that?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're so right when we connect the example you're using back to therapist is not. And again, to do EFT well, you we have to be able to feel in order to have empathy. We have to be able to feel which means our emotional channels. That's right. You have
1: like to go it. in and say, how yeah. would I how would I feel? If I was in this client's shoes right now, yes. what is happening to me in my body? Oh my God, yeah. of course she's heartbroken. Yeah. This is such a sad, sad story. So then I can turn and say to the client, and this really matters online, by the way, doing on online therapy. We we um you know, we do therapy just fine online. This matters because I can say, I hear you, Alison, I hear you. And when you tell me about that little girl under the bed in the dark, I just, it just grabs me here. I And I, it is sad. It is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. You were so alone. You were so scared. Nobody was there. And you decided that you had to suffer in silence. This is one of her phrases she uses all the time. We call them handles into her world. Yes. You decided to suffer in silence and part of you is still suffering in silence because you you can't tell the few people in your world that you do maybe think are safe you can't tell them about this heartbreak can you and so you know that that makes my chest ache no wonder your chest aches and then she looks up at the screen and you know sort of does this and drinks uh, her drink five times and and then looks back at me and and says So you feel sad too. So what she's saying, you see me, you see me and you've helped me make sense of it. And people in, in in EFIT and in EFT say things like, yeah, you got it. Yeah, you're on the money. Yeah. And the other thing is we're fast. We're efficient because we do have this map. So, you know. Um, but we do have to access. I mean, e, like we keep saying, EFT is
0: the science of how we're human. And to do EFT well, well, attachment is the science about how we're human. EFT gives us a map for how to communicate our pain and distress and reach and ask for what we need. And and so it, you can't do great EFT without allowing your own humanity to be touched. And if you've never had a map for yourself, if nobody has ever helped you through those places. And and I have this self of the therapist piece come up with a lot of EFT um, clinicians that I work with. Um, And similar with my clients, it's like, you know, if I have no map and I'm going to someone's pain, then it feels like what's the point? What's the purpose? Because then I'm just alone. So you're just digging up these painful emotions, making me feel them with no good outcome, no love, no no problem, no no solution to the problem. And so, yeah. Well, I get that makes sense.
1: No, that's right. And, and, you know, we live in a society that invests heavily in the idea of invincibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, look at our movies, you know, why is it at this point in history when there's more uncertainty than there has been for ages? Are we obsessed with, um, you know, these movies about super this and super that? And, you know, these it totally inhuman. It makes sense, doesn't it? You, you want know, to hear
0: what? another irony, Sue, along that continuum is that humans are always trying to find a way to not feel yet. We keep creating movies about robots that we can't imagine not feeling. There's always some ghost in the code where there's a fluke and they have feelings and emotions. <laughs>
1: yes. That's, that's very, very interesting. I love that's a good point. You know, um, but you know, it's, it's so interesting because we have all these therapies out there now and you know, some recognize emotion more than others, but we have, all these therapies out there now and, you know, people I really respect, you know, people like Peter Levine. I mean, I really respect him. I like him a lot. We like each other. But, you know, I mean, he, we get stuck because he says things like, why don't you just stay with the body? And I say, Peter, emotions are in the body. In, that's the way the body, the body mm-hmm. takes these body sensations and generates something that we call an emotion. Why don't you let the natural flow happen? Why don't you go with the emotion? Because I can show you that works. I can show you on a piece of tape, a change event. I can show you the impact of that change event in statistics three years down the road. Peter, why don't you go with the emotion? And he says, why don't you stay with the body? You know, so it's like we're, we're all trying to get to the same place. It's. Well, I don't know
0: if you've noticed, too, in Canada, you've talked about some of the other models I noticed in the U.S. And, and I feel like it follows the societal trend is this pressure for instant gratification. So people are looking for models that have a quick fix. And, you know, there's I, I continually try to help people know that, you know, y- there's no quick fix for humanity. Rome wasn't built in a day.
1: Well, And it's that's a very interesting point, because it tends, depends what you mean by quick. The the lady in the primer, and there's lots of transcripts of me working with her in the primer, the lady in the primer had had, from my point of view, chronic complex PTSD uh, all her life, okay? She'd got to the point where she'd been hospitalized twice for being catatonic, okay? Um, um, And she had all kinds of life circumstances that fed into that trauma and maintained it through her life. And now at somewhere like 50 years old, she was... Really, everything was, you know, something had to give, right? Something had to change. And, you know, um, and why am I talking about her? What were you saying something about? You're talking about
0: a quick fix and you said. Oh, right. like you so
1: I worked with her. She'd been basically distressed all her life, right? She'd been high functioning in one tiny little area, right? But she'd been distressed all her life. And she was in it, uh, on some level of PTSD on the scale we gave her. She was off the charts on, on all the, 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 measures of PTSD. Okay. Off the charts. In fact, I looked and I thought, oh my goodness me. This is the lady that I'm going to try and use the material for the book. Goodness me. Right. Nevertheless, I worked with her over a year and a bit, maybe not as, maybe a year and a half. We had 40 sessions. Um, and we gave her that scale again she was uh, normal on nearly all of them. And the ones she wasn't normal on, she was just a tiny bit, including dissociation, which she was <laughs> off the charts for in the beginning. So it depends what you mean by f- quick fix.
0: Uh, you know? and, and knowing as a more seasoned clinician that 40 is actually pretty quick, but especially for the kinds of distress that, that you're talking about, what I hear from, I'll say the word on the streets with the therapist I see is even faster than that, like, you know, within one or two sessions or a few sessions, less less than 10, I would say. It's like come in, come out, almost like uh, people have ever seen that movie Men in Black where they had that memory flashy thingy where they could wipe your memory and erase it with a new one. I thought, well, if only therapy worked like that where we could just erase their memory and record it with the uh, new it one. Depends, but,
1: it depends what you're doing. Yeah. If what you're doing is giving people tips um, Therapy is going to um, be replaced soon by Google rat robots. So, if what you're talking about is giving people tips, like what did I hear the other day from a very famous therapist? If you're depressed, you just uh, sit upright in your chair. You sit back in your chair, and you you feel the strength in your body. That's it. Are you are you are you are you joking me? Um, like you you can give people tips. You can give people small little insights mm-hmm. where they feel good for a couple of hours mm-hmm. you can you can give people uh, emotional support you know in a, in a couple of sessions um we changed we have evidence that we could change severely distressed couples who didn't even know what a good relationship looked like and where somebody in the couple was distressed we have evidence that we 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 really changed them in between yeah. 15 and 20 sessions but if we work I'm, on the emotional level, specifically what right. you're speaking
0: to is because we emotion is in the nervous system, and when the er, nervous system is activated, when emotion is alive, the body hits record, and that's what we want: is people to start recording new ways of being. That's in a that lovely state. phrase. Mm. I, can I steal
1: that? I like of that. Course, of but course. When emotion is alive. The body hits record. I love that. Yeah. That's good <laughs> yes, but I think. The point is the modern world has you know you're right that we want everything instantly, you know um I mean, I ordered a book two days ago from Amazon and it came yesterday morning. I thought, how is that possible? I don't understand, mm-hmm. but it's kind of gratifying. I'll look, the book's here, but come on, we're talking about human beings here and we're we're talking about not just solving you know super the content problems. Problem. We're not just making people feel a bit better. We're actually talking about growing human beings.
0: Right. Like Teaching coping. them coping skills, which you can't just give them like a skill list because we know when emotion comes online, again, old things that have been recorded when new things haven't been re-recorded over it are going to become activated. And that list of things you just handed them is going to go right out the window.
1: <laughs> but we used to, I used to love that one. Um, I love John Gottman and we used to watch um, tapes together and, I, I watched one where this couple had learned all these coping skills for a conflict and he, they taught them all and he'd learned, they'd learned them all. And then they basically said, okay, now do them. And the couple went through the, they went through the exercise and they did them, they did them. Right. And then somebody in the couple turned and said something to the other person that was triggering. <laughs> and they went back to the way they were before, you know, because, because your amygdala doesn't mm-hmm. give us stuff for your list of clever mm-hmm. little tips. Mm-hmm. Your amygdala says you're scared now and react, react the way you've always reacted. That's the only thing, you know, go. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, that's what we do. But so, yeah. survive and attachment is survival. Well, the point is for me that, um, what matters, the issue is not length of therapy eft is amazingly efficient and we've shown that in in research study after research the the point is for me are you on target or not Mm -hmm. are you on target what does this client need and are you on target and if the client says to you um i'm trying to think through the years oh if the if the couple says to you um we know that we'll never trust each other again we'd just like for you to do a few sessions So that we can basically understand what we did to each other and what happened and we can we can make a clear story so that we can feel somehow closure and yeah i can do that in a couple of sessions i think i saw them three times yeah i can do that if somebody says to me um i've been labeled this thing i don't understand borderline Mm -hmm. could you tell me help me understand that yeah i can do that in a couple of sessions that's the silliest diagnosis I've ever heard. But anyway, we won't go into that. I read yeah. that in my book. What are we on the border of? Yes, that's um that's the silliest diagnosis I've ever heard. But anyway, yes, I can go into that because people use it to stigmatize themselves. Yeah, know, there's a new one other. now. There's a new one now called Prolonged Grief. When will these committees stop coming up with strange words for human experience that makes us half of us feel ridiculous. You know, it's um, like we keep telling people to shut down their humanity
0: to avoid, to numb it out. But then we wonder why people are more stressed, more anxious, more alone. And yet for all the signs that we have, nobody's like linked the dots that maybe shutting down our humanity isn't such a good thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, um, to change the level just for a second if what we decide is to not know how to deal with our deeper longings needs fears and if we decide that to shut down which means we shut other people out um i think that our democracies our our societies and our planet um won't be around for much longer and mm-hmm. that's the truth so this then becomes bigger than therapy. It becomes who are human beings? Mm-hmm. Can we understand human beings? Attachment science is the only theory, scientific theory, I know that answers those questions. Mm-hmm. It's are very beings? holistic. Yes, who are human beings? Um, how can we deal with the vulnerability involved in being human in a positive way? How can we connect with others? Right. Um, uh, this is these are huge issues that have mm-hmm. political ramifications, ramifications for society. So in a way, but also, yes, let's let's not- on what you're saying, I just want to catch you while
0: you're in that place. I think also what we notice is people and we notice this in couples therapy is that when when we have insecure attachment and we don't know how to lean in, lean on and rely on another to help meet our needs, then we. Try to meet our own needs and it can become a competition where I put myself first. And I notice both people always feel like they come in last in that place. And so we have a society where you know all these quips on social media and all these memes that say, Oh, you can't trust other people to meet your needs or be there for you need to do it yourself. And so we end up putting ourselves first and and not caring about other human beings. And we, you know, just uh it's stoking a lot of selfishness. Well, you know, there's, there's a
1: lot of confusion about that. Yes. Um, the bottom line is, uh, from my point of view, and, and I'm not the only one who's saying this, governments are saying it, okay? It's, it's, from uh, There's two pandemics that we've been going through, um, and one was brewing for years and years and years. There was COVID, and it was interesting that the, that the, the way most people dealt with COVID, most governments was to shut everything down and shut people away. There's COVID, and then there's a pandemic called iso- isolation, yes. which Western societies have been infected with for decades, and which now mm-hmm. I think has become, you know, why in Western societies with more to eat and arguably more safety, you know, if you look, taking a long term over history, why are rates of depression and anxiety skyrocketing and PTSD, why has the World Health Organization said that the biggest problem, health problem that we're facing uh, in the future is depression? Mm -hmm. Are you joking? What is that about? It's about disconnection. And what we do in EFIT, Emotionally Focused Individual Therapy, is we help you create a secure sense of connection with yourself with your longings, your fears, your needs in a way that helps you create a secure connection with others. Mm-hmm. What we did in couples therapy was we helped people create a secure connection with others in mm-hmm. a way that fed the secure connection with self. The and system. Yes, yeah, so without you. that, without that, without that, well, the most basic thing that attachment science said is human beings are not built biologically built Mm -hmm. human beings are not built for emotional isolation they don't do it well they mess up they they they, it's it's just it's not it's not a feasible Mm -hmm. life strategy you know so this is a very interesting one right yeah and to, just to circle back,
0: you know, basic attachment 101 and and part of, you know, I just love what you're mentioning about, you know, the world and sort of politics is just, you know, back to E-FIT is that we're, attachment is all about understanding how we human and helping people human better in the world. And we're seeing the effects of lack of secure connection on individuals, on societies, the way it affects our functioning as a society and which... You know, again, being a system of feedback loop, it trickles down to our clients and ourselves who have to interact within the world. And so we. So
1: I want want to go back a bit uh, because I'm hooked on what you were talking about, which is about fast change. Mm -hmm. Um, Like instant fix. Clients come in, it's like the customer is always right. Make them feel better. Instant fix is about superficial change. Yes. Right. So um, those therapists are right. Um, EFIT and EFT isn't about superficial change. EFIT and EFT is about the fastest, most efficient, most on target way of creating incredibly significant change yes. that changes how people define themselves, how they deal with their vulnerability, and how they connect with others.
0: And That's that is awesome. a
1: lot of change, mm-hmm. a lot of change, and a lot of significant change to put into. 20 hours 15 hours even with someone with severe ptsd 40 hours that's a lot of change to put into there so um but it depends you if therapy is just about giving advice i honestly do feel that our days are numbered we're we're going to be you know already every talk show host tells us how to live our lives okay every talk show host and I they know. don't
0: do a very good job of it again oh, they look at our, do look it. They at our depression right We're That's our highest right. rates are depression but we keep handing out these quits about how everyone needs to be self-sufficient and we're dismantling well, there the
1: no, connection no, among humans well what i say and people don't like it i guess what i say is the only self-sufficient human being is a dead human being. Mm -hmm. We are not built for self-sufficiency. We are social animals. We are social. Why did we- Even evolutionary science would agree with you there. why did we, look at us, we're pathetic, we're naked, we don't have any fur, we don't have long fingernails, our teeth are useless. I mean, we're like, basically, weird, defenseless animals that developed a big brain. You know, why did we ever get to the top of the chain? Well, it used to be, oh, it was our brain, don't you know it was our brain? But um, now people are saying, no, it was the fact that we learned to communicate with each other and to send signals and we developed language and we learned to connect and protect and stay close and work together. That's why we're the top of the evolutionary chain. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, the, the animals who do best also do that. Crows I'm just putting out a story in the next few weeks, which is a fairy story, which is new that I wrote for my granddaughter, which is called Ed- Edgar and Eloise. And it's about all these things. It's about how you define yourself and how you, how you deal with your emotions, particularly fear. Right. But um really um I was, I got caught in it because I read this book on crows on corvids and how they have this tiny, tiny brain and they can reflect and solve problems and do all these things you just can't imagine a bird doing. And one of the wonderful things about them is they're highly social. They protect each other, they take care of each other, they stay in families for like years and years and years, they mate with one mate, They they. this is fascinating. So, you know, part of how we've evolved is that we learn to connect. And the scary part, I think, about what's happening today in our societies is we feel, it feels like we are propagating disconnection from ourselves and from others at such a rate, and we don't even know what we're doing. You know what? How are you supposed to feel good about yourself in modern society? You're supposed to stand up in the in the morning and look in the mirror and say, "God, you're wonderful." I'm sorry, this doesn't get you past coffee. Mm-hmm. This will only last until nine fifteen. And then the minute you, you get a look from somebody else that doesn't look approving, you're stuck. It's, right. uh,
0: and I have clients who stand in front of the mirror with their affirmations and they, they say, oh, I've tried these because I saw it on TikTok. And I was like, and uh, are you buying what you're selling? And they're like, no, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> well, yeah, that's right. And, that, and that's great. I love it when my clients say. I don't think so. I I, I, know I've been doing all these exercises. And you see, the issue is some, there's some good stuff out there. You know, I mean, mindfulness, you can use mindfulness in the most positive way. And for some people, it's a spiritual exercise. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's anxiety reduction. Great, great, great. Right. And if it helps you grow, that's fantastic. And if it helps you connect with the bigger universe, that's fantastic too. You know, we need that, but we also need a psychotherapy. Right. That can help us grow and connect with ourselves and other people that's on target and effective and goes to the heart of the matter. That's what we need, whether it's EFT for couples or EFT for individuals.
0: Yeah, and that's so just bringing it back. So EFT, again, you know, when we say E-fit, we're still talking about the model of emotionally focused therapy. Yes. We say we're, we're applying it to individuals because we know just one person is coming into the room. And that's who we're working with their, with their cast of characters with them. right, right. And, you know, EFT is, is non pathologizing and attachment is the science. It's not just a theory, it's a science through which we understand so it gives us like x-ray vision to understand on a deeper level the human who comes into our room and why they're stuck not because again we know people with secure attachment are generally able to solve their own problems and don't tend to get stuck so how did they get stuck and we don't just want to administer superficial band-aids to get them through the moment we're trying to change the system how is it that they got stuck The process that they arrived at, not being able to make their own decisions, not being able to handle with what's happening. And we learn, we help them learn how to handle their own problems by going through the system and changing the system. So it's a, it's again, it's a system change and rewiring takes time. And we work on the emotional level because we know emotion. It's, it's like that moldable clay where we know that the nervous system is activated, and that's where the body hits record. So if they need to do different behaviors, we know from neurological science that we need to work with emotions because you know, you can't think logically if you wanted your your prefrontal cortex floods with peptides and shuts down. So we need to help them work on the emotional level to build new muscle memory so the body can re-record some new strategies there. And attachment just helps us understand, you know, even if they come in for something not to do with relationship, but, you know, human beings, again, as as you so aptly mentioned, you know, we don't exist outside of each other. And so- you know, I may have clients that come in with issues and, you know, and a lot of therapists get stuck here and they're like, well, they have no social circle. And so I'm like, hmm, I'm curious. How did this person become so alone in the world that they don't even have family, siblings? Uh, aloneness, a partner? aloneness
1: is debilitating. Yeah, that's the truth.
0: Aloneness,
1: yeah. real aloneness Some people can live alone and they have a cast of loving characters in their head. They maybe have a relationship with a loving God that I would call attachment. They can live alone and they're okay. But many, many, many of us, we live in relationships and we're still emotionally alone. And that is problematic. Well, there's
0: a difference between being by yourself and being alone, right? Yes. Attachment has that working model of, of self and others. So, you know, like that view of other we can still relationally soothe by ourselves it's like a file we access so you know when when a person comes in our room you know we're going to be trying to understand what they're bringing to our door through the lens of humanity and how they got stuck and how to help change the system yeah and how they
1: got stuck not what path what label of of, what not not what these labels say about them you know it's like you can talk to me about anxiety and another person can talk to me about anxiety and they can be totally different phenomena. You know, when when do you feel anxious? What do you do with it? What do you, you know, it's a totally different thing, right?
0: And we can't just coach them into new, new moves. Again, this comes back to working on the emotional level. I've seen therapists like, well, you know, I just told my client, like, you just need to not worry about what your mother thinks and you need to go apply for a law school or you need to do this. I'm like, if that worked out, Already for them, I think they would be doing that. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> we need to work on the emotional level. We need to get right. into the blocks because that's what's driving the show. So we got to work on that level and help right. them. What would you say our, our goal is to help them be more functional? How would you describe Oh,
1: we, we're helping people grow. We're helping people connect with themselves, with their needs, their longings, their fears in a way that they're not overwhelmed, that they're in emotional balance we're helping people grow and when when people can have this secure connection with self and with others we know from all kinds of thousands of studies mm-hmm. that people are resilient they can make good decisions they can change their behavior they can grow and so this is really significant change yes you know, and that's what we want in EFT and we an attachment want something superficial and attachment 101.1, I want to make sure we
0: mentioned while we're right here, I know we're going to be rounding out here in a moment, but um, we keep bringing this by is is independence and dependence are two sides of the same coin, right? Yes.
1: Real, the ability, all the research says, the ability to be truly connected then allows for the ability to be truly separate and independent what many people call self sufficiency is self sufficiency is simply shutting down or trying to shut down Avoid your it. needs your needs for connection shutting down your vulnerability and saying i'm just fine thank you very much and that's very very fragile and we know that that does not lead to good mental health and physical health this but our society has got very confused about this whole thing about dependence I think the most useful way to think about it is that um, interdependence, um, all the evidence is that strength does not come, true strength does not come from denying your vulnerability and your need for others. Mm-hmm. That The ability to reach for others is the biggest resource you have in life. Mm-hmm. True strength does not come from denying that. Mm-hmm. True strength comes from knowing your vulnerabilities and your longings and your needs and your fears and being able to, take control of them hold them listen to them make sense of them mm-hmm. and then move out into the world in a balanced way mm-hmm. where you can get your needs met and yeah. where you can, you can grow with another person you know and and grow into um a really full social human being that's true strength not you know the the, the people in the movies like what was the big one um um I can't remember. They all merge into each other. You know, the idea of the hero who doesn't need anyone who goes off and takes down the world all by himself. Mm. I always used to watch those, and they were kind of fun on an action level. And then it reached reach a point where my clinical brain would go, no, mm. no. About now, you'd have full-blown PTSD symptoms, buddy, mm. and you'd be reaching for the bottle or um, having a panic attack or making a terrible decision. Uh, no, 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 no. So, you know it's we got all confused about who we were and dependency and independence and mm-hmm. and I think attachment can take us through that though, and the more secure attachment we have, the more independent
0: we can be and be willing to take risks or ourselves within it. the world.
1: The strongest people are those who have a real deep sense of security with themselves and with others right and um, from the neurological science,
0: we know being able to access the emotional comfort of of that loving, secure other, even if they're not physically with us, whether they are with us or not, still can have the same effect where it releases that pain blocking chemicals. Look, folks, some problems can't be solved. They just have to play themselves out. But with that secure connection, even neurological science says that connection and attachment can change how a person's physiological body experiences
1: pain, as That's it right. goes through. That's right. So I think we, we've we covered the whole universe, politics, attachment, mm-hmm. and EFT pretty yeah. well, uh, Dr. Yes. Bell. So yes. maybe we should, we should so, wrap this one up. Yeah. So,
0: so if you want to let folks know, where can they learn more about EFT, EFT
1: for individuals?
0: Where can they sign up to take a training?
1: Um, you can go to our ISEF site, www.iceee. FT.com, that's the International Center for Excellence in Emotionally Focused Therapy. And you can find all kinds of trainings in there. We're working a lot with PESI, um, uh, who give put up a lot of trainings. I have a master class, a master course coming out on um, eFit soon with PESI. We have um, trainings on our site and on the PESI site. We have eFit levels one and two with my wonderful colleague, Leanne Campbell, Um, you can look at, you can go on our ICEF site and see other trainers giving trainings in EFIT and in EFT. You can join one of your EFT communities where there's, um, all kinds of them. They might have one in your hometown where you can talk to other colleagues and look at tapes and listening, listen to, you know, to each other about how to learn to do EFT. There's you can get the primer in emotionally focused individual therapy. There's a lot of stuff out there, um, and and more is coming. You know, w- recently we've been teaching with PESI, for example. There's an eFit with grief. There's an eFit with trauma. There's the masterclass. There's um, there's eFit one and two. Um, there's us, and you know, knowing us. Oh, and the study, the big study on eFit will. Hopefully it's all done, and apparently it's very positive. But writing up research – I don't do that anymore. But writing up research studies is a lot of hard work, so that's happening yes. right now. And um, all of the
0: research for emotionally focused therapy in whichever modality that people are studying, it can be found on ISAP, correct?
1: Yes, it can. Listen, and list and list of studies and articles. And I, what I want people to remember is that when you look at all the couples' studies – Remember that we've in those studies we've focused on couple scores. We merge the cup the, the two together. But in fact, what you're looking at when you look at those studies is you're also looking at individual change. Mm-hmm. Especially in the big attachment study, that's an individual variable. Depression is an individual variable, the way it was defined in the study. Anxiety and PTSD symptoms are individual variables, and yes. they change too. So, you know, you can look at the research. There's lots of training tapes out there. Um, you have a
0: book on EFT and trauma.
1: Yes, we. Have, oh, that's old and it's one of my favorite ones. My husband still says he likes that best of all the books I've ever written. I think it's because I wrote it on a beach. I didn't have all these in New Zealand. I didn't have all these books behind me to confuse the matter. So um, I wrote it on a beach. But, yeah, uh, that's a good one. And we're going to put out another book on EFT and trauma, I think. So um, just because that's what we do, we keep doing studies and uh look so
0: at com so folks can sign up for training find information about the research even yes. find a lot about communities in their areas we also have lots of resources on facebook to get involved with an eft community near you right. and do you have a
1: website also in addition to i, I have com. <laughs> perfect people can look on there and that's kind of more geared to the public and you know i can't even remember what's on it to tell you the truth um, but it's got all kinds of, um, neat stuff on there that, you know, kinds of tells people what's current and what, what we're doing right now. And soon I'll have my little fairy story up there, Edgar and Eloise, which I hope people will buy. That's awesome. One of the reasons I wrote that book is to fund immunotherapy research, Aww. which is, um, immunotherapy research is, uh, the way of the future in medicine. Um, most of us will need it at some point in our lives. And so I feel very strongly about it. And so um I didn't know how to contribute to that research, so I wrote a fairy story. That That's isn't great. really a fairy story, it's about us all. But anyway, whatever. I think well, it's fairy wonderful. stories are really about us all. Yes. So I'll make
0: sure that I put links to all of the websites in the description for the video on YouTube. If you're listening you in so podcast much. form, you may just have to rewind the tape and take a note. And you can also purchase Sue's books on Amazon as well. And her most recent, a primer for emotionally focused therapy with individuals. Correct is the name? That is right. That. And we ha- she also has attachment theory in
1: process. No attachment theory in practice. That was that's, right, that's a right. very sort of serious book talking about um, how um, attachment science is the, um, Holy Grail for therapists. And if we, if we ignore it, we're very, 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 very silly. That's what sounds um, like it's seriously good
0: then, too. (laughs) Well,
1: I like it, but that's because I'm a bit biased. But there you go. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a book that basically says never, whether, whether you're working with families, couples, or individuals, it's a craziness to ignore this map to who we are as human beings. If you're going to. Try to grow human beings. If you're going to try and grow human beings, you have to know who they are. Absolutely. Thank you, Annabelle. It's been very fun talking to you.
0: Thank you again so much, Sue, for being on. And and folks, just remember to go to Sue's websites and ISEFT. Uh, ISEFT is the founding regulatory body for emotionally focused therapy, and you can become a member and get discounts on training videos. And it is the official body for training in emotionally focused therapy. So please make sure you check it out and become a member. And again, if you're interested in EFT, I hope that this episode that this video will help you again, you know, we're not supposed to say that uh, any models a one size fits all but EFT, I think comes Seriously close. And it's a one size fits most because, again, attachment is universal. So, uh, and it has a map of how to help couples and it's been rigorously researched and has a lot of outcome studies. So, you can find all the research on isef.com. And again, I will put links to that on the website. Thank you again, Sue, for being with us and just for your amazing body of work and creating this wonderful
1: model. You're most welcome.
0: And thank you to our viewers. Make sure that you guys hit subscribe because more videos are on the way. Don't forget to buy my book, Using Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship, Connecting with Challenging and Resistant Clients, for helping professionals. Available on Amazon or on my website, www.drbugatti.com.